return on equity says, what has it done for me lately? If it's costing me a lot of headaches, and when you start looking at the equity in it, like for an example, portfolio I bought had a $750,000 equity position. I bought it for $600,000 and it had $750,000 equity in it, but it was only pulling me in about $20,000 a year in cash flow. So think about that. $750,000 is only pulling in $20,000 a year. <laughs> Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where Kyle Curtin takes you on an extraordinary journey alongside renowned multifamily real estate sponsors and syndication experts from every corner of the United States. We teach you how to harness the power of passive real estate investing and witness the transformation of your wealth building strategy. Let's create wealth together. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 126 of the Creating Wealth podcast. I am your host, Kyle Curtin. I am a co-GP specializing in investor relations and capital raising for multifamily sponsors. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Walter Amarello, a very impactful, financially free real estate investor, the alchemist behind the Alchemist Nation community, which has been, I love the guns, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, the alchemist behind the Alchemist Nation community, which has been a large part of his quest to building 100 millionaires. He also hosts the Alchemist Nation podcast. What's going on, man? How the Good heck to are see you, guys? I've been looking to get on this podcast for a long time, ever since Tommy said that you know it was available, it was an option. <laughs> he set the bar for it. it, took me months and months and months, but it's good to finally be here. <laughs> I love it, man. I know it's it's hilarious. Like, and there's a lot of people who probably know of like like one or two of like you know the couple of us that are like what the hell are these guys talking about all the time like giving each other crap about like some show or something like yeah it's it's hilarious man it's awesome yeah super super pumped to have you on here man let's let's jump right in you know kind of tell people about your backstory your origins um up to you know kind of where you are now like your vision for the future the floor is yours man all right, cool. So obviously I started investing in Massachusetts uh, like yourself, but I wasn't investing in one of the nice cities. I was investing in Fall River. So if you're from Massachusetts, then you already know like, oh, okay, that guy. Like, <laughs> So I was, I was basically buying like houses in the worst neighborhood and the worst city. And then I was buying the worst houses in the worst neighborhood. So it was just like a lot of work early on. Um, yeah. Or before that I was an accountant. So like I got from, went from accounting to real estate, which it turns out a lot of guys did. Um, but in between that, I went through a, a pretty nasty divorce, which really just like flicked the switch in my head and just said, you know, screw all of this working and like hating my life and uh, working for like other people. I just, I said, we got to go get financially free. So a lot of people ask how I got into real estate. And the answer was, I just was like greedy and tired of work. Like I was just like greedy and lazy. And I wanted to make a lot of money. <laughs> so like all of this, like heartfelt stuff I do now, all the contribution, the charity, like the, the giving away and training that was later <laughs> that came after money <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah alchemist nation is uh it's an interesting project right so that's one of the things i'm known for is uh, being the real estate mentor you know writing the books broke to a quarter million uh names on deeds and get the deal and i i wrote all of those because i was asked a lot of questions and i'm sure you get that too i know tommy i uh, gets a lot of that is like question 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 <laughs> question question like how do i do this how do i do this 
and uh, I just got tired of like answering all the questions. So I went started writing books, and it became like, "Hey, man, can you coach me?" And I was for years, bro. Like I said, no, like no, I'm not a coach. Like swear to God, like it was Gwalter, not a coach, and we're all like that was just the game <laughs> of like how how I operate. Like I'd be teaching, I'd be training. Uh, but that's because I was always recruiting. I was looking for deals, right? Looking for deals, yeah. uh, looking for agents, looking for people to bring me properties, uh, look for capital. And uh, that's kind of how Alchemist Nation started. It was just like being a real estate investor, looking for more contacts. Absolutely, man. I love it. And the the relationships tying into this giant environment are, are freaking everything, man. You know, and it's um definitely... Uh you know, kind of a, a big proponent in like different directions that you're going to go and that opportunities and doors that open up and that type of thing. Relationships are everything, guys. I'm so freaking lootly. <laughs> relationships, uh, understatement of the century. Actually, I learned this from, from working with Tom. It was, uh, if you run an event that's for networking for, around real estate, people will show up. Like I just, you know, posted down fall literally middle of nowhere. And I was like, hey, South Coast Real Estate Investors Group. And before you know it, like three guys showed up. Me and my business partner at the time were just like, damn, this is cool. Like, look at this. Like, we're not alone anymore. Like, we can talk about real estate. And we're kind of going around the room, right? And before you know it, we realized, like, these guys don't have any real estate. We're the only ones with with properties. We had, like, 42 at the time, with 42 units. And uh, the guys were just, like, asking us a bunch of questions. Uh, so we were, like, really not interested in being the guys we really just want to be the guys in the room we wanted to not be in front of the room we want to be in the room and uh it, it did come from networking though like all of what i do now came from just a desire to connect with other guys and like find out like what's going on um uh, yeah you, you're right man your network is your net worth the more connections you have uh the more deals you can do like grant cardone says contacts equal contracts right so we just <laughs> we just keep trying to get more contacts and now Alex Nation's got 364 events across the country <laughs> because, you know, business real estate professionals just, they needed a place to network and it just started like taking off. And it's, uh, so yeah, networking, man, it's funny you said it. Cause that's, that's like all my life is now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. And there's a couple of things that I, I do want to uh, kind of poke you on there. Yep. And so how do you feel about being in front of the room versus being in the room? from like a networking perspective because it's it's really interesting like when i have uh this kind of conversation with people because like for me myself i'm actually i love being in the front of the room and like have a little bit more anxiety being in the room and like like it's tough for me to just go up to you like randomly and be like oh hey like you know what do you do and it's like it's weird right because like i freaking love networking so much but in like through different capacities you know so i'm kind of curious like how you feel about that from that kind of standpoint like which do you kind of prefer um which like maybe not as much but kind of like what do you think about that man <laughs> that's a good one bro like it's it all depends on what i'm I'm looking for like if i want to raise yeah. capital i want to be in front of the room right i want to have yeah. as few conversations as possible just be like hey give me your money if i'm looking for a deal i want to be in front of the room right i want to be like hey guys this is the sort of deal i'm looking for uh when i'm looking for deeper relationships like connections like or even like feeling out whether I even want to be on a stage. I want to be in the room and feel out the room. Like go and talk to a couple people and, and see like what's going on. Uh, when I was at 10X, I talked to 138 people. I got all their contact information. You know, I use a CRM. I just went in with Alchemist Connect, like plugged it in. And I got all their contacts and then followed up with everybody. Like, you know, weeks afterwards, just like figuring out who I actually want to talk to via text. And then yeah. booked like 20 calls with like champions, players, like, you know, big level business owners. Uh, 
so like to answer the question, I love being in front of the room or not at all. Like I just, I do not want to be in the room unless I'm in front of the room. <laughs> uh, but because I run a community of uh, networkers, I don't ever seem to have an opportunity to be in the room anymore. So I kind of miss that a little bit. <laughs> as soon as <laughs> if I walk into one of my events, like the microphone's in my hand, I've got to share a little bit about what we do, why we do it. So I've kind of lost the ability to be just in the room, uh, yeah. which, you know, appreciate it while you can. <laughs> it <laughs> is nice to sneak in and nobody know who you are, which doesn't happen in the real estate space for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, man. No, I, yeah. I like that a lot. Absolutely. And the other question that I did want to ask you about that is it always like, like extremely fascinates me. And it's incredibly impressive to be able to have um, the model that you guys do with the meetups, you know, and, and spread out to like, you know, across the country, man, like that, um, that event that I was at in Newton, the, the yep. time that we met in person, yep. um, like looking at the map, like the, almost like a heat map of like all the, the meetups all over the country. I was like, Holy shit, dude, like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, so how did that kind of like come about in a sense? Like, did you kind of start, uh, you know, like the fall river meetup that you kind of started off with originally, um, you know, it starts to kind of just spread to like different markets around mass and then like things kind of like took off in different markets or how, how did that kind of go? It was organic, man. Like I know everybody says that, but it was like really accidental. So at first it was, we were hanging out, we had our event and I started going to other people's events and I started making friends with the leaders of those events. And before you know it, uh, we were just like, their events would die. Like they were just like, be like, okay, I'm done with this. You know? And then like what is going to happen is they start texting, calling other guys who run events, but like, Hey, will you run this for me? Well, do you know somebody? And I just started saying yes to everybody who killed an event. who's like, was getting tired. Or I text somebody like, dude, like what happened? Like I showed up, nobody was there. It's like, Oh yeah, we canceled it. Like what's going on? So Thanks man. We just started picking up existing events and we just yeah. renamed them. We just started shifting the name over. Um, and that's kind of how it, it started. And then, our community wanted to like I had I trained a lot of real estate investors. They were like, dude, how do I raise capital? And I was like, well, I run events. Like, <laughs> you want to raise capital? Here's what I do. I call it Business Real Estate Professionals Network of Insert Tampa, right? Insert yeah. uh, Orlando, Columbus, whatever. Like, and then I just bring in all the business real estate professionals who have networks, financial planners, attorneys, lenders, uh, realtors. Like, you just you bring all the people in who would have a network of people who have money and have conversations. I love it, man. No, it's and, and that's something that I do really like, man, right, is like the concept of like hosting some sort of uh, some sort of party. And I, I first learned this from um, Gary Vaynerchuk like yep. a while ago, like listening to his podcast of like be the, the that cool guy in high school that like hosted the party that everybody went to. You know what I mean? I was never that guy. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, you know, like the the amount of like I don't even know like what the right word is, man. Right. But like, whether it's hosting a podcast, whether it's hosting events, like webinars, like the, the things that can happen and the relationships that can be created relatively easily just from creating a platform and attracting people to that platform and like kind of being the, the host of whatever it is that you're doing, like things just kind of happen, you know? And like, cause exactly, man, like, you know, other investors in the area that like, you know, might've been just so used to like doing things themselves for, for years and years. Oh, all of a sudden, like there's this group of people that share the pain that I'm going through. Like we should be friends, you know? And like, um, yeah, there's just like, there's so much power behind it, man, for like so many different reasons of just being that person 
to bring people together. And that like, that's the thing, man. And, and I'm curious, your thoughts on this is like, even like being earlier to the space, like for me with the, the syndication stuff, like super early, you know, like, like you don't necessarily need to be like an expert to start bringing people together to talk about that concept for the first time and like learn together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's one of the fallacies that a lot of people get in this space is they're like, oh, well, I don't know anything about it. It's like, dude, I, I didn't know anything. I just brought speakers in, right? I just brought in a fire <laughs> to talk about syndication, uh, not syndication, to talk about uh, cost segregation. Like, I don't know anything about cost seg. I want to learn about it. So I just asked the community, hey, do you, what do you guys want to learn about? They're like, well, we need cost segregation. I'm like, cool. Financial planner, can you talk? Nope. Can you talk? Can you talk? I just found somebody who could do it. They came in and we now the whole community understands cost seg. What's next, right? So, like there's only 12 months of the year so i only got to come up with 12 topics 12 professionals and uh yeah i don't have to do much you know just be <laughs> hosts, right be the be the disc jockey like okay next coming up we got <laughs> so <laughs> it's people people overestimate like how much work we're doing um some the follow-up though i'll be real the follow-up is a lot of work like we use a crm yeah. that really like cranks out like texting hey how are you doing what's the story you know how's your deals like what do you what's your biggest challenge like it just kind of automates a lot of that data-driven information so we can like make the best speakers happen make the best events happen uh yeah it's it's not simple but it is also it's not easy it's simple like the concept is easy yeah but uh you got to do it man you gotta you gotta run events or be at events and even me like i wasn't always running events i was volunteering like boston re i took it over because i was a volunteer like i was just there every single month i'd show up an hour early i'd help them set up i'd be an hour late i'd help them pack it all down and uh, that's how we ended up taking the the boston real estate investor association uh, over for three years until i I just retired from it uh, last year and passed on somebody else (laughs) absolutely man yeah it's it's just that like just giving value you know and in different facets and exactly that's that's a really big tip in itself man is like one you like get to know the, um, give that, like find a way to be able to give value to the hosts of like these events, Yep. you know, and like those relationships especially can be pretty strong, but yeah, like just, just in a way, like just being present, you know, even if it's like you said, you know, something as simple as like, oh, you know, just like, I'm going to help you clean up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a couple extra sets of hands, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you strike up a conversation and have a couple of drinks after that. It's like, Oh shit. Like, okay. You know, <laughs> dude, I was doing, um, they put me on tag duty, right? Badge duty. So I was sitting there like, Hey, what's your name? Sure. Found like, but I was connecting with everybody. Remember everybody's name. Like it gave me, you know, gave me an awesome <laughs> spot. Like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Now, now I know everybody in the events and it's like, they're happy. They had fun, but I now know who I'm targeting, who I'm going to go have a conversation with later. Like, exactly, man, like anything, I mean, volunteer on any level at these events and you got an opportunity. Absolutely. I love it, man. So I am curious, man. So when in your real estate investing journey, did you get to the point where you started bringing in um, debt or equity capital? <laughs> how how did that kind of first story go? <laughs> they won like 2008. <laughs> I bought my first house. <laughs> I bought it with a partner. So like I've never bought a house alone. Like everything I ever bought had somebody in it. Uh, that partner happened to be my girlfriend at the time. So, you know, she brought half the money. I brought half the money. We did an FHA. Uh, so it wasn't a lot. It was like eight grand I had to bring. She brought eight grand. Uh, so early, early in the game. Uh, then we sold that house. You know, we lived in it for a year. Took that 34000 bought us a three-family and then 
I think we only used like 12 grand to buy that three family at the time. Like that was our down payment because we owner occupied it. But then next door, two family came up and we ended up picking that up for 109, $109,000, $25,000, uh, $28,000 down. So like we kind of just took one house and bought five units with it. Like basically within six months, we went from one house to this other house, uh, these other two buildings. And after that, I ran out of money. And so like the game was over. I was like, can't do anything. Then I went through a divorce and I really ran out of money. <laughs> and so like now I really couldn't do anything. Went from yeah. having money in the bank to having negative money in the bank and owing a bunch of people money. Uh, so I took a year off for real estate. Like I just went hard as an agent and I didn't buy another piece of property until my new girlfriend at the time has said she wanted to buy a, a multifamily and she locked it down and then she couldn't get financing. So she was going to back out of the contract, but it was a great deal. It was a four family in Fall River for $120,000. So I, I picked, I was like, no, I'll take the contract. And I just started calling all my attorneys. Every attorney I'd ever done the closing with, I was like, hey, who do you know who might be lending? Who do you know who might be lending? And I literally was at a closing with one of my attorneys and I asked him, and he, he just looked at me. He's like, bro, like, I would do it. I was like, <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I would do it. And I was like, and he was, I was like, why? And he said, well, you know, I'm mostly just for the relationship. I mean, yeah, I know you're going to make money. I know we're going to make money together. But I, he's like, I do it for the relationship. He made 30 grand on that deal. I made 40 grand on it. Actually, what happened is I actually made 40, but I gave 10 to the ex-girlfriend. So she and I broke up during that property. But I still sent her a check for ten thousand dollars to buy the contract from her, because I told her I would. Right, so yeah, I was yeah, just how I operate, and I think that's one of the reasons that he was willing to lend. And then after that, it was just uh, I, I had a reputation for doing deals, taking care of my partners, and I, I did borrow from attorneys for a little while, lenders, uh, hard money lenders, and attorneys. Just then it became you know seller financing subject to. Uh, Tommy's like, favorite. <laughs> yeah, man. Like a lot of deals. Like I'm buying the deal and I'm like, I don't, I don't need to bring any money. There's no capital raise here. It's just the deal was already, the money was already in the deal. Like we bought, uh, we bought this $2.4 million portfolio and all the money, all the equity was sitting right in it. And, uh, like it's just crazy. Like, you know, you, if you don't ask for seller financing, you won't get it. And if you don't ask to take over a mortgage, you won't get it. But if you do ask, then there's a chance that they might just hand it to you. I love that, man. So, yeah, that's that's such an interesting way to start too. you know what I mean? Like in that kind of environment, you know, like just just having that realization of like, oh, crap, like, all right, fantastic. Like, you know, we started off with this building, built it up to five units. Now what? Like, how do we keep this thing going? Right. And it's it's always interesting because like I feel like the like most of the like investor population, like just kind of stops there, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, like a gotta save up a bit more money from work and then you know maybe next year i'll buy another one and that type of thing and i definitely was in that mentality up until relatively recently of like oh well you know <laughs> like yeah i have a heloc but it's at like basically 10 percent now i'm like so like leverage and um but yeah no it's it's incredibly interesting man and guys like if you haven't heard uh like my past couple shows or like aren't too too familiar with like the passive investing uh type of environment it's it's interesting because it's not just like a one sided like, oh, you know, like I need money to buy this building, you know, and like it, you're not getting like like 50K from people, you know what I mean? And like, that's it. It's it needs to be like a mutual thing of like, oh, you know, like you'll either get, I don't know, like 10 percent for 12 months. Like if you're investing as debt, 
or you know if you have like an equity portion in that deal it's it's mutual like it's not just like a one-sided thing you know what i mean and it's like to go alter's point like it's there can be such a amazing benefit to a lot of different people right like the the folks that are on the completely passive side to be able to you know make a return um the folks that are on like you know executing the deal whether it's you know a, a smaller building a flip a syndication what have you to be able to take on you know larger projects like that stabilize these buildings that might be pretty gross you know make the community a better place and kind of the macro and it's like there's just like it's incredibly interesting and like it's it's interesting too man because like many people don't i feel like don't really know about you know some of these alternative and and passive type of things of like oh well you know like one guy you know has a ton of deal flow knows a ton of people with a ton of deal flow brings them deals like there's another part of that equation that can be filled you know from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways um but yeah it's it's an incredible thing guys (laughs) i can talk about on that like i am a passive investor now so that like i hung up the active investor hat about three years ago and just told my partner I'm moving to Florida, uh, handle it. Like that was just like, handle it. Like that's why you got into this. That's why we did this together. And since then he has been looking to get more into the passive space as well. So he's, uh, he and I started selling that portfolio three years ago and just like dropping property after property after property, moving our assets into passive investments. Other people are managing and we've got a mix of debt, a mix of equity. And, uh, it's just, I should have done it a long time ago. We, we've solar financed a lot of our deals. Like we, you know, offered seller financing and just said, Hey, look, we want the note. We don't want to pay the taxes right now. We just, we literally just made way too much money. Uh, we had already pulled in $2 million by July, by July, we'd already pulled in $2 million. I got to go pay taxes on. So I'm like, I don't want any yeah. more. And we had, we weren't buying anything like for, cause we actively just don't buy. And, uh, so it's been like, it's been a little transition, man. There's a big tax game coming. So I got to do what's called a leverage loss now, where I go and borrow money and invest it into another business where I lose money in this year, but it buys assets that are going to acquire money next year. So uh, I'm using Alchemist Nation right now. We're doing big advertising for the summit that's coming up. And the summit already costs like 140 grand to run it. So I'm, I got to go and lose about a million dollars in expenses and business expenses this year and not let that money come back until next year. So it's it's like a long-term <laughs> kind of acquisitions, like marketing and stuff that like, drives the traffic. Uh, so it's, it's really, yeah, man, tax strategies, you got to talk about them. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're not thinking ahead and you get big gains, it's tough. Like uh, my girlfriend just, she's had like a $330,000 tax uh, tax gain and she, capital gain, She uh, she's doing a DST, but she's not doing a delayed sales trust is doing a Delaware statutory trust, which allows her to basically take real estate and roll into real estate, but it's passive real estate. It's not actively owned. And uh, like things like that, we just, people don't talk about it. And it's not until you have big capital gains that you really do need passive investments and like structures to get out of it. Uh, the other one we, we invest with is our Roth IRA. Like that's another one that we invest a lot of money out of because I, I already took the money, man. I already paid the taxes. Like I don't want, but I don't want to pay taxes on anything I earn in it. So we did a self-directed and we just uh, point that towards other people's deals. I can't invest in my own deals with it. So, yeah. you know, I have to invest in other people's deals. So like that's, that's some of the stuff to start getting passive, you know, money, passive income. 
I think was the whole reason we got a real estate, man. Like too many investors get in thinking, you know, one day I'll be a passive investor. Like I'm, I'm get cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, but they want to own the properties when they die. I don't want to own any of it. I just want the checks <laughs> coming in. I just, I don't yep. want to, because you own it, you got to own it, right? You got to own the problem. So uh, I like to own the paper. I like to own the note. I like to be on the deed. You know, my, my book, Names on Deeds, uh, is the bestseller. It's the one that uh, sometimes I wear the shirt, right? That's the one that everybody <laughs> start realizing, like, you don't need, it's not about, like, work. It's about, do you own the property, right? Like, are you an LP on the property? Do, does Are you on the LLC, right? If you're on the LLC, like, you, you're on the deed. <laughs> I don't need to be out there on the property, <laughs> in the property, <laughs> Does that make sense? Like people don't grasp the fact that passive is better, but you know, a lot of people don't haven't made the money too. If you haven't made the money, like you haven't earned the right to passive, you need to learn the active stuff. The buy money with no house, buy house with no money down. Like serve the rich, man. Like go help me make my money, make more money, and like help us. You know, go work for us for a little while, and then eventually you have assets that you can go and do for somebody else. We just keep paying it forward. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. And I, I think that's a huge point, Walter. And it's it's incredibly interesting. Um, yeah, for, for a lot of reasons, but the, uh, it's funny you mentioned that about the DST. Cause I was just listening to, um, like that apartment syndication show, Whitney, Whitney Sewell, yep. uh, yesterday. And they released an episode on like what a DST is. I'm like, Oh, holy crap. So like, I'm like frantically, like, you know, trying to figure out this, you know, how this thing works, like how we can leverage it, like with our stuff. And like, um, it's an incredibly cool tool. You know what I mean? Uh, Definitely still trying to figure out the logistics behind that. <laughs> but it's, it's like a syndication. It's very similar to syndication. It's just the entity structure it's purchased under is allows us to be uh, tax deferred. So it's it's a very good product. Uh, I've raised on it before, and uh, it really works for people who are selling and avoiding capital gains. So it's yeah. definitely a product you want to have as a as a capital raiser or as a passive investor. But I would say that. You know, if you have a capital gain right now and you're not sure what to do with it, then you really do need to start talking to like just people who know what they're doing, like financial planners, uh, financial uh, tax accountants, and then also the attorneys, like estate planners. Like there's like three people you've got to talk to. They don't communicate with each other. It's like you got to get all three kind of together in the same room, which is nearly impossible because they all bill for their time. <laughs> But if you can get your your attorney, your advisor, and your accountant together and put a really good like tax plan before you go sell real estate, you're gonna be okay. Right? Before you sell your business, that. like I got a buddy who sold a, a two million dollar business, and like fortunately he had done it before, so he knew to put it into a DST. Uh, but that was a delayed sales trust, so he was able to just like take bites of the money and only pay tax on little parts, and the rest of it got to earn interest sitting out there as a loan to to himself. So. There are structures, there are ways not to pay tax, and then you can definitely invest like that DST, the Delaware, uh, not Delaware, delayed sales trust. You can invest that in a real estate deals, like not yours, but other people's. So it all tax deferred, like, yeah, it's sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cool stuff, man. It really is, it is. you know. And yeah, guys, definitely uh, talk to your you know financial planners and, and attorneys. And yeah, you, you don't want to do make any crazy decisions without <laughs> talking. And to also them. know yeah. most of them know nothing like just go into it and know that most of them know nothing i don't care if they're your friend or your friend's friend like you got to find the one who knows and owns real estate because a lot of them just don't and they have no clue so like don't don't go to a you know financial planner and be like hey how do i do this and like be shocked that all they sell is infinite banking systems or be shocked that all they sell is insurance <laughs> like so they don't be shocked that financial, all financial planners are not created equal <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. No, that's that's super cool, Gualta, really, man. And it's um it is like one other thing too that ha has always fascinated me is like people's thoughts on like unit count and everything, right? And like how some people, you know, kind of treat that. And everybody's different, right? But I got 4,000 units. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. And it's like I got cash it, flow. <laughs> and it's just like let's go. <laughs> like piggybacking on your point, man. Like this was um this like my mindset like kind of shifted. I was listening to um an Axel Ragnarsson podcast, the, the multifamily wealth. Shout out to you, man. Love the podcast, always have. Um but like he was talking about it in, in in an episode of like, oh, you know, some people and everybody's different, guys. Like, I'm not hating on it. Like, I'm just, you know, kind of telling you about a little bit of a different perspective to, to kind of keep in mind. Um, of, you know, like some people are like super bullish on like, oh, you know, like you said, I have like 4000 units or like, rah, you know, like whatever that number is, like put it in their Instagram bio, like all that fun stuff. Right. But something to keep in mind is like, like how much. Like, how much does that actually serve you for the goals that you have? Yeah. And I mean, kind of pronging off in two different directions, right? Like, I mean, in terms of like ownership percentage, like, you know, how much of that is actually like yours? You know, like if you invest like, you know, one time as an LP in a syndication and like with like 400 doors, like that doesn't just give you 400 doors on your Instagram bio. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, <laughs> and it's um the other part of that is like, think about, exactly to to Gwalter's point think about where you want to be like down the line do you want to have all those units like realistically like yeah it sounds fantastic but does that actually serve you in terms of like oh you know like you're gonna have the problems as well and like just because you have a property manager managing doesn't mean that you're completely hands off but depending on the goals that you have shifting that to a more passive vehicle whatever that looks like Exactly like you mentioned, you know, like if you're in the LLC, like you have the team around you, you know, whatever that case looks like, like you could still be an owner, but like you still have the, you know, potentially less problems, um, you know, like daily management, that type of thing, and still, you know, collecting checks every month, quarter, what have you. You're, you're talking um, about I love that point right now. Like, so we have three phases in wealth development, right? So you've got names on deeds, like an optimization is three steps. You names on deeds, you trust the team and then wealth stacking. So in between your names on deeds and wealth stacking is your trusted team, your realtor, your financial planner, like all the 12, the dirty dozen, the 12 guys, gals that you know you need to get the job done. When you start looking at wealth stacking, you have to do an equation called return on equity, right? What has this deal done for me lately? You know, it's stressful because I still have to manage the, the, I have to babysit the property manager. And if you're not babysitting your property manager, you are losing money. My mentor told me this, he had 200 units and he was a property manager himself. He's like, look, if you're not babysitting the private manager, you are losing money. And the truth was, it happens all the time. Anytime I would like take a week off, like I'd, I'd go and be like, oh, damn, there went 1200 bucks. They charged me $1,200 for a place to toilet. Are you kidding me? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? You know, like the toilet costs $100. It should cost the plumber 100 bucks to get it done. And like, they just write the check. It was in a rush, whatever. Because it's it's not their money. Like they just yeah. want to get the job done, right? So you do have to babysit the property managers. You do have to stay on top of them. And return on equity says, what has it done for me lately? If it's costing me a lot of headaches, and when you start looking at the equity in it, like for an example, portfolio I bought had a 
$750,000 equity position. I bought it for $600,000 and I had $750,000 equity in it, but it was only pulling me in about $20,000 a year in cash flow. So think about that. $750,000 is only pulling in $20,000 a year. <laughs> I don't even know the number on that. It's like, let me do the math right quick. That's 750,000 divided by 20000. That was, uh, I did it wrong. So sorry. Whatever the math is, like less than 2%, man. It was, it was yeah. really, really bad. And when I started doing the math, I just said, what is going on? Like, what is this? Why is this equation broken? Like, why is my portfolio not making what it's supposed to make? It's a zero to three percent. So zero to six percent. It's like just under three percent return on investment. So I, I started looking. I said, man, like if I sold these and I rolled that seven hundred fifty thousand into another portfolio, or we ended up doing just taking half a million, dropping it into passive investments, and now getting eight percent on it and doing literally no work, even after the capital gains, after the taxes. I was like, shit. Like what I've been doing my whole life, dude. I, I increased, I went from making twenty thousand a year on that portfolio to making fifty thousand a year. Then it's it's the sort of stuff that people don't think about. I did a post the other day talking about condos. I had these five condos, uh, seven hundred fifty thousand total value, five hundred thousand equity. And it was the same thing. I went from making twelve thousand a year on it to making forty eight thousand a year on it. Wow! And I paid a big tab. I paid like a hundred thousand in capital gains, but. The passive income that I'm getting, that's a debt structure, so that's a little different, but the passive income I'm getting from the debt is still liquid. I can I can get that money back every six months. So like if I want to go invest, it's like liquid. Whereas the other one, the investments like, you know, syndications are illiquid. I'm, I'm locked in five, seven, ten years, whatever. But they go up in equity. My in IRR on those is like 20, you know, 25%. So it's a little bit different. You know, I'm only see like eight percent cash on cash, but I'm seeing the IRR is you know significantly bigger. So the no, no one size fits all with this stuff, but you do have to start looking. What has this portfolio done for me lately? Return on equity. And that's a conversation I have with a lot of my friends. It's like, bro, like, have you looked? <laughs> and here's what I'll tell you. If you're an older investor, older landlord, and you're listening to Kyle right now and you listen to this conversation, go look at your portfolio. Look for the equity in it. And I guarantee you, if you've owned the property more than four years, you're somewhere between a four and 7% return on investment. Most people are between four and six. And that sucks. Like four yeah. and six, <laughs> even your internal rate of return is no longer as sexy as it used to be. You're, you're probably close to like 16, 20%. Like they're like, you're not getting the benefits because you know, the, the cash on cash, is, you, the rents aren't high enough. The equity grew too fast. Um, and now we're in a point where it's possible the market could shift. So do you really want to be in that asset with equity or do you want to be in an asset that's more of a debt structure? Or do you want to be an asset, a new asset that just took on equity? So even if it goes down in value, it doesn't matter. It's still paying cash flow. Like it's just wow. bigger. You want to think bigger and passive. <laughs> I love that, man. So what um what exactly does that formula look like? I, I think that's incredibly awesome, man. And I, I'm curious, like, how can that like is that something that can be applied to even like businesses as well? Um, to kind of see like, hey, like how lucrative is this thing? Like as soon as we pop the HUD, <laughs> you know, like. So real wow. estate is business. So like yeah. in one sense, it's it's exactly the same. The only challenge with business is people don't know how to sell their businesses. So like there's a larger group of people who just think of a business in a house. It's like the house is just dilapidated. Like it's just like the house is all the, the roof is leaking. Uh, there's no management. There's no tenants in there. And it's just a lot of work. That's what most people's businesses are. They're not really businesses. They're actually just jobs they have. So like a true business though, there's a lot of equity in most quality businesses that are running without the owner, like a true business, 
because that's how I define a business. Like if you're involved, it's not a business yet. It's still a job. I don't care how many employees you have. If you're involved, it's still a job. The day you pull back and it's just passively paying you profits and not a payroll, that's when it's a business. That's when it becomes a true business. And so if we're talking about those, yeah, it's the same thing. So if like if I could sell Alchemist Nation right now, we value it at somewhere around 12, 15 million. So if I could sell it for $15 million, then I can look at how much debt do I have, which is no debt on it. So $15 million gain between me and my partner, uh, two partners now. So I'm 50% owner and the other two are both 25% each. So we would walk away with quite a bit of money, right? It would be a good day. Now, am I getting the return on everything I'm spending there? I'd have to start looking and say, like, what does that pull in? And it, right now it's somewhere between half a million to a million is what it'll pull in this year. So I look at it and it's like, I like that. You know, that's a good return. And it's got no debt and it's almost no work for me. So uh, that was something I would probably keep for a while longer because it also generates all my deals, all my capital, all my relationships. So that particular business I'd hold forever. Other businesses, uh, like the property management business, we just dumped it. Like made no sense, right? Why are we going to, like it was so hard, such hard work. Uh, we looked at it and maybe there was like a hundred thousand in equity in that thing. And we're just like, what the hell are we doing? Like get rid <laughs> of this business. It's not even worth it. But I've had friends, like a, I got a buddy who did um, pet grooming. I'm not, he was a veterinarian. Bought a business for like half a million dollars, sold it for $2 million to a hedge fund. Like that makes sense. Like deals yeah. like that make a lot of sense um, to go and then passively invest in. So, and he bought a bunch of real estate with it. That's what he ended up doing. Passive investing in syndications, actively investing. He wanted to get in himself. And he and I just jumped off the phone a little while back, uh, last week or the week before. And he was like, dude, like I'm, I'm getting tired of owning the stuff myself. <laughs> he's just always like, I'm, I'm so tired of owning it myself. He, we were talking about like passive investment structures because like it, it does get tiresome. You know, I'm in masterminds where like I'm constantly loaded with passive investment, passive investment, passive opportunities. So uh, I think you got to get in the vein of those and like get around people who have deals all the time and just like whenever your money becomes liquid, it's like, okay, like put it aside and then you wait for the right opportunity and then you invest. And just always have money aside because like, dude, I get hit with deals every single day. Yeah. And like, they're all, they're all good at this point. I was <laughs> like, how do you pick which one to get into? Um, so it's, it comes down to the relationships. I've told a lot of people this, like, they're like, oh, you know, will you invest in my deal? And it's like, ah, you know, I kind of save my deals for like people who I want a relationship with, who've got like a big audience, who have stages, like, so opportunities where I can go and speak. Or like they owe me a favor, like that's kind of I look beyond just the deal now, and it's like really like what does this what does the operator bring beyond just their deal? Yeah. And that's me personally. Not I've, most people are just like does it give me cash flow? Cool. Like, <laughs> save me from taxes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really dig that man. You know, and exactly because like yeah, I, I think um, to your point, man. Like being able to use the capital that you have as another form of leverage aside from just the monetary part of it right of like oh you know like how can i um uh what's it called like how can i i mean yeah like you know make a return and that type of thing but how much more can i actually you know leverage this that can actually like spider web out in different ways with different relationships get to a higher point like you know meet different people open different doors with the same 50 100 250k you know exactly. and like I, I love that, man. I think that's cool. Like my mentor, uh, Vinny Chopra, right? So dude owns $1.6 billion worth of real estate. He's got $200 million funds he's running right now, Series C. And he's in hospitality, he's in assisted care, and he's in multifamily. And like 
all he does, we talk every Thursday, and all he does is raise capital, talk to investors, let them know what's going on. And I, I just, I was like, man, like, I want to invest in his deals because that gets me access to a relationship of a guy who's got all of this knowledge, all of this information, all of these deals, all these things. And uh, so that's, that's an opportunity you get later on. It's like the podcast, right? This podcast gets you access to people you normally wouldn't have access to hang out with and ask questions for an hour. That's why, you know, I ran the podcast for so long, right? For three years, just like reaching up. <laughs> like, hey, Hell yeah. How's things in that market specifically? Like, what do you think about that area? What do you think of that building? What's this investment <laughs> strategy you do that's different from everybody else's? You know, I had Tim mm -hmm. Bratz and uh, Rod Cleef and uh, Gino Barbero, like from uh, Jake and Gino. Nice. And, like, ask those questions, you know, um, Mark Victor Hansen was one of my podcast guys, like, because <laughs> I wrote books, right? So I was like, hey, like, how do you sell a million copies? Like, yeah, like, help a brother out, eh? help, help me out. Like, how, how is it? And he, his answer, by the way, if you want to know, uh, was email list. He's got a huge email list, over a million people in his email list. Damn, that was good information. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Now it's now I can't be like, oh, it's because he's known, it's because the dude built a million person email list. Yep, wow. that's impressive, wow. you know. Guys, always like figure out what it is to, I feel like I can summarize like a lot of our talk for the past 40 minutes is like figure out areas that you can give value to continue building your way up, you know, to the next thing and the next thing and um, just keep opening up doors. Just figure out how you can give value, you know, from the smallest thing of like going to a meetup a little bit early or staying a little bit late, you know, to, to give someone an extra set of hands to, you know, investing, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars to you know give value to someone and and build a um a higher level of, of relationship and that type of thing Bro, yeah it's, it's cool stuff 100 millionaires this is how i attracted Vinny. really i didn't even go to his profile like, he found me on instagram because he said you're building 100 millionaires i want to be a part of that i want to get you on my podcast i, I was like dude you want me on your podcast like i want you on my podcast like, what <laughs> and it was because I was helping people or right? I was adding value. I was out there doing stuff and he wants to help people. So as you start going up and helping others, you're going to find that the players are really just looking to give back. Like the really wealthy guys, like not all of them, but like a lot of really wealthy people are looking to give back and contribute. So if your cause, your mission helps others, you're, you're going to find that you're adding value. If you're adding value to a lot of people, bigger fish are going to come over and say, I want to, I want to do this with you. Because the, the big fish don't want to do the work. They just want to have a part of it. They want to have the glory. They want to invest. They want to be, you know, for me personally, I love investing in things that make me feel good that build millionaires, right? I won't invest in stuff that doesn't build millionaires. Like a lot of my deals have to like be something that I know, like the people who are invested in, I really like them. Like then I'll, I'll invest, right? But if I don't, yeah, yeah it really <laughs> exactly. does, man. Like as you start investing with bigger capital, it just, the, the mission, the purpose becomes more important. I love that, man. That's, that's super cool. To piggyback on that point, Walter, a question that I love to ask everybody that I'm very curious your thoughts on. How do you define wealth? Oh, nice. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you need a minute, totally cool. Biceps. If, you, if you can't flex. <laughs> Tom's coming for me, man. <laughs> so I'm telling you. Uh, so I think that if you can't pick up your girlfriend, right? if you can't pick up your wife and carry her up a set of stairs, you're not wealthy. Right. Like something has something slipped, something just in life is is lacking uh, physically. I think that if your relationship, if you're not capable of picking up the phone and calling five people and throwing a party on the spot with like people who want to mastermind with you about business, life, you know, solve a problem that you got. Like 
if you want to run a charity, like I, like if you can't pick up the phone and call five people who'd be down to get on that, you're lacking, lacking in relationships. You know, if your family doesn't want to get together for some reason, you're lacking. So that, that would be a lack of wealth. And then money, if you are thinking about money all the time in the sense that you don't have it or you don't have enough or there's, it's never there when you need it, you're lacking wealth. So I think to the opposite of this would be, uh, I don't think about money because I know it's coming. I've already done the work to build assets that bring it in. So I think a wealthy person is somebody who doesn't have to work for money. But if I'm working, I am getting paid. So I, I do like that part. Um, so wealth is enjoying what you do and knowing that like money's coming at all times. I think true wealth is knowing what you, like loving what you do, loving the people you're around and loving your body that you're in. And that makes you wealthy, right? It's definitely not how much you make. Like wealth is certainly not related to riches. Like riches is different. I've seen the guys with the watches. I've driven the Lambos, but that doesn't make me feel rich. It makes me feel uh, because I rent them or I'm hanging with people who have them. I feel good. But if I were tied to it and had to babysit it, now I feel like I got to take care of this high maintenance thing because you know, I've driven the Lambo and like I know I got buddies who have to fix them all the time. And I'm like, dude, I don't want a car that's in the shop all the time. Like, it's <laughs> not my thing, right? But. Yeah. Uh, they are fun cars, and I will say, if you haven't driven a Lambo, you should go drive one. You should, you should know what it is. <laughs> so you don't put it on your vision board and be like, "I want that," and then you get you like finally own it, and it's like, "Fuck, I can't take this thing anywhere." Shit, <laughs> man, a hundred grand for an oil change? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, I'm telling you, the cars are not worth it for me anyway. I'm not a car guy. I've never been. I'm a relationship person. The people I spend my time with that I think is the value. And uh, so to answer wealth is it is whatever you fucking think it is. Like, <laughs> that's the truth. Boom. <laughs> Boom. You know? <laughs> wow. Do whatever you want with whoever you want, whatever you want. Be capable physically of doing that. And, and you're wealthy. I love that, man. That was that was such a kick ass answer, man. Seriously. Like, it, it's like, I feel like that is a blanket for, for everything, you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because it's it's not about the money, man. Like. No, but you want to play the game. Like if you're in the game with us, if you're playing the money game, that's not wealth. That's a different thing. That's the game. Like that's just stacking up points. You know, playing with your other team members and be like, how many houses did you get? Like how much cash flow you're getting? Like okay, like that's possible. Let me see if I can do that now too. Can I surpass you? Can I like, you know, it's not competition when you're looking at other people and saying I can do better than them. It's it's just I want to do better and I'll share all all the secrets of how I did it. It's uh, it's just how can we all level up, you know? Absolutely, I think man. that's the game. Like that's that's why people see me and guys like us who are out there just hustling and grinding and like picking up more money, picking up more real estate, picking up more assets, and they're like, "What? Well, when's enough?" It's like, dude, like, do I get tired of playing, you know, video games? The answer is no. Like, I'll play StarCraft <laughs> all day long. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> shut me off. Like at some point, you gotta unplug me from the computer because I'll sit there like crushing people so uh it's you know does, does michael phelps not jump in the pool eight hours a day like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> like if, exactly if I'm awake i gotta do something <laughs> yep i love it man damn hell yeah cool man but yeah tell us about um i know you have the a summit coming up i believe oh, hell yeah so the summit tell, you, tell us so you mentioned it. earlier like throw parties right so i'm a party thrower myself been ever since i bought my first house i was always throwing parties be like i renovate the yard and then i throw a party to have the whole family over to look at the yard i renovate the roof and i'd be like hey look at the roof i just did like so i always had these projects i had to finish because i wanted to get the whole family together every year and as i started investing in real estate i started bringing my property managers together my tenants i would invite all my tenants to my christmas party 
Um, all the people who like did work for me, my agents, my lenders, my attorneys, like my investors, everybody would come to this party. And uh, then now as we progressed, the, sh the party shifted into three fucking days. <laughs> like, <now> it's, all, <laughs> it's all weekend long. <laughs> it's no longer like you're just saying one night. It's three days and it's, I bring in my million, my mentors, I bring in my coaches, I bring in uh, the top level players, my business partners, the people who invested the most in my company, and I put them on stage. Uh, there's 18 of us this year, all millionaires. And uh, what they're, we're talking about is wealth strategies that work today, like how to passively invest, how to serve the rich. Like, I'll, I'll be real. One of the, When you come to this event, like I'm going to talk about rich people only. Like getting in there, it's like, I don't care if you're broke, we're not talking about it today. Like all weekend, we're not talking about the fact that you don't got money. Like we're going to talk about how do we serve rich people and I guarantee you, you're going to have more money. <laughs> like, so mm -hmm. just three days of how do we serve landlords better? How do we acquire more property? How do we raise capital? How do we fix our deals better? Like, how do we negotiate? Like, just really, it's about relationships is most of it. Even on day two, it's like, like night is literally a networking night. We pass out the awards, the millionaire awards to the millionaires. So we just, hey. all of our millionaires walk on stage. They get an award so they can put it on their wall. And... I do best event of the year, right? My mentor will be there. Uh, we'll be have a billionaire there. If you're like, what day is the best day to come? I put special people on every day. So you got to show up. Every <laughs> <one of> them. <laughs> yeah. I put at random times. You never know where they're going to be, but <laughs> you don't want to mm -hmm. miss anything. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Love it. We're it's actually on... officially 60 days away from the time of this recording. So. All right. Hell yeah. yeah. We're going, man. We're going towards it. So that um, I'll drop the link to that down below. Is that cool? Is that where people can check out? 100MM Summit. Yeah, 100MM Summit. And uh, register your tickets. Register now because they do run out. VIPs are running out quick. Executives will run out fast. Uh, the general, I can only fit 850 people in the room. So I know um, at some point we will not be able to We'll oversell the tickets. That's what we'll do. But at some point I'll have to text people and be like, yo, you didn't make it. You didn't make the cut. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Guys, get your tickets. Ace up. <laughs> Here's what it is, man. There's only so many people I can fit in the room. So, <laughs> exactly, man. I love it. Mm -hmm. We're on, um, last but not least, man, we're on like social media and stuff. Can people find you? Although you're freaking everywhere. So people probably know like where you are. But <laughs> if there's like anything in particular, I'll, I'll put everything down below. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook's definitely the best place to find me. Uh, cool. I'm on Alchemist Nation, the main website that we have there that's built on a different platform. Uh, that's where I blog a lot. Like I'll put a lot of really big articles or videos out there. But I, I spend all my time on Facebook, man. Like I am Same. absolutely on all the <laughs> platforms for sure. But uh, Facebook's my favorite. <laughs> me, me too, oh, man. I'm cool, man. But like it, <laughs> I can't even like I know I'm supposed to spend more time on LinkedIn, but that's why I hired a bunch of people to bring people from LinkedIn and put them on Facebook for me. <laughs> uh huh. Well, let's be friends over here where, where I can actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I, I've always favored Facebook over other ones. I was like super, super bullish on Instagram for, for years, but I'm like, for, I don't know. I just like, I like Facebook a lot more for like the shareability and in the groups and like that type of thing. And LinkedIn, I'm like, yeah, you know, I hear it everywhere that like, I should be a lot more present on here, but. I don't know. Like, I, I like Facebook the most. I, I agree with you there, man. <laughs> relationships, bro. Like, Facebook yeah. understands relationships. They got the groups. They got, I can tag people, right? I can't tag somebody in a picture easily on Instagram. Like, it's not like, is that person there? Could confirm that they're there. Like, Facebook's like, yeah, all, I think these are the people, right? <laughs> and I was going to type yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it. Yeah. All my friends were there. And so a lot easier.
you know just absolutely it's much much more social like of the social yeah. platforms it's more social it's easier to get in touch with people and i think that yes we lost a lot of contact with these social media platforms for sure but uh twitter is garbage i think threads is garbage yeah. i think uh instagram is like it's cute TikTok's a distraction uh, but <laughs> but facebook man it is where real relationships are made where people yeah. like really do like they will not delete their facebook because their family's on there exactly that's why i'm on facebook like i want to mm -hmm. be family you know i want i want that relationship at that level and uh, the, all the other stuff i do it because you know con contribution i got to contribute i got to create the videos but yeah yep i hear you man yeah no i'm right there with you man and i mean like gary v says it all the time like the the context is going to be different like for different platforms that people go to you know so like posting like crazy videos and like like lots of fun stuff on linkedin might not get the the kind of reaction you know that um that people are looking for when they go on linkedin intentionally but if you post on facebook like fuck yeah dude let's go you know what i mean like everything's out like you know it's yeah it's i like the environment there man i i definitely agree with you you know, it's it's funny because TikTok's supposed to be all the dancing stuff. So I did finally do a dancing video. I uh, I got a stripper <laughs> pole in my house, so I danced on the pole, and uh, TikTok didn't like it. Like it just it went nowhere. <laughs> Instagram liked it. <laughs> Facebook was like, you know, my followers just like whatever. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that makes sense. I could see. We knew there was a pole in the house. Now we know exactly what happens on the pole. So <laughs> that's awesome. Holy <laughs> But cool, man. Thank you so, so much for coming on here, Gwalter. This this was absolutely awesome, man. I am a little bit ahead with the interview, so this one's probably like a month or six weeks out, I think, something like that. But super excited, man. Thank you so, so much. Hell yeah, Kyle. Awesome. I love how the last thing we talked about was a stripper pole. So, you know, <laughs> invest your millions of dollars with the guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're so That's awesome. We don't have fun. <laughs> Exactly, man. Yeah, this this was great, man. Seriously, like, thank you so much. That's a wrap for today's episode. We want to thank you for being a valued listener of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Make sure to visit www.creatingwealth.com to connect with us. Dive into our ever-expanding library of informative blogs. Get access to our private investor portal and explore a wide range of additional valuable resources. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to create wealth together. Yeah. <laughs>